0: Really, are we going to go with what's our favorite grill well, item? I don't know.
1: We're, we're, we're sort of a grab-and-go kind of item. Grab-and-go Favorite
0: grab-and-go? Sure. What's your favorite grab-and-go item? And if you don't say chicken strips and french fries, then I know you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to a special bonus edition of the DCL Duo podcast. And... Again this week, just Sam and I are going to hang out and chat for a few minutes about things that we want to talk about, about cruising and Disney Cruise Line. Always love to talk to our guests on the main show, but uh, I've been trying to keep this bonus edition show to uh, to just us. You know, this week I thought rather than have the downer talk of what vacations we're hoping to take or what's going to happen or not happen, maybe we could just talk about something that's really fun for us to talk about almost all the time, which is Disney Cruise Line Dining. Now we have a whole show dedicated to this early on in the podcast. I think it was probably our first or second show. And we talked to a friend of the show and listener Tracy and her husband about all kinds of Disney dining experiences that we had had. But I thought we would just revisit for a second and reminisce about some of our favorites aboard Disney Cruise Line specifically, because I think the show we did with Tracy and her husband was like all around Disney kind of favorite dining things, including the parks. But Sam and I have a particular affinity for the dining on board Disney Cruise Line. So Let's start. Sam, what's your favorite rotational dining restaurant on Disney Cruise Line?
1: Okay, so this. I will say I have different answers for food versus atmosphere, but I like to think of it as like an entire experience, right? So I have to say that I really enjoy animators palette and I'm talking about animators palette on the dream class ships. And the reason I say that is because I really enjoy the animation magic and the crush experience that you get on Both of those ships. So if, you know, animation magic, for those of you who don't know, spoiler alert, it's where you draw like a character and they animate your character and they sort of dance around on the screens during dinner at one point during dinner. And then the crush experience is crush the character from Finding Nemo and Finding Dory comes to a screen near you and starts talking to at least one family or one table of guests. And so it's a really fun interactive experience, similar to if you've done the cruising, I think it's called cruising with crush or whatever it is. Um, the one at the parks experience. So yeah, I really like animators palette for that. And I have a couple of, you know, one of my favorite dishes, the truffle persets, is also an animators palette, but I will say like animators palette probably doesn't have my favorite overall menu. Um, my favorite overall menu is probably like... Is, is
0: Pirate Night, right? Pirate Night menu? Favorite <laughs> no, over with... What? No, no. no. You've got to be kidding me.
1: <laughs> Brian's joking. He huh. knows I... Walk the planks
0: <laughs> and chicken strips? Come yeah, on. No, he knows. <laughs> Brian
1: knows that it's... Uh, you know, there's like Caribbean spices more in that um, Pirate Night menu and it's not my Well, I just think it's an uninspired
0: thing. menu to begin with, but yeah. yeah. it's just kind of... It's kind of a,
1: a boring version of Caribbean food. It's just like you could I actually enjoy Caribbean I think food. they would have
0: turkey legs on that menu. Yeah, like just should. park-style turkey legs. Like They
1: should, they should. But I actually... actually... Actually, so my favorite, but at my favorite menu, I did really like the menu at Tiana's place on the wonder. And I also liked that experience. So that's another runner up as far as overall experience and food combined. But I will say I like the Royal court, Royal palace, whatever, you know, has different names on different ships. I like the, the French-inspired menu where you get the Escargot and the Chateaubriand. So, but I think if I have to, you know, answer favorite overall rotational dining experience, I'm, I'm going to go with the Animator's Palette. What about you, Brian?
0: So for me... I can combine experience and food into one, and that's Tiana's. Um, I think the show is a lot of fun. The atmosphere is a lot of fun. And I think the food is some of the most inventive food I've seen on Disney Cruise Line. I just think it was nice to kind of see them do like a themed menu that really was like, we're going to dig into this. We're making beignets. We're, you know, we're doing Creole food. And that can be a risk. I mean, I I get why they do some of the menu choices they do in the other dining rooms. You're trying to cater to palates from not just across the country, but across the world and shrimp and grits ain't for everybody. So the, the fact that they can and pull that off in Tiana's, I think is pretty impressive, but I find the food there to be some of the most flavorful and innovative food in the main dining that Disney has done. So yeah. And the show is great. I love the show. I think they, they just nailed the atmosphere. I love that aspect of it. I really think they ought to do more of those kinds of dining experiences where there's a show attached to it. I think it's one of the reasons we love the Hoopde who or the Hoopde doo review mm-hmm. at Disney world. It's just fun to have some good food and a good show. That's like, that feels like Disney's sweet spot. So favorite, favorite dish out of main dining. Is it the truffle per for you, Sam?
1: I, I, you know, it's hard for me to say if I'm going to, well, am I choosing between a, sa- a savory dish or a dessert dish? Because I'm actually not a huge dessert person in general. We'll
0: do desserts later. But, I would okay. favorite, favorite, favorite dish.
1: Favorite like savory dish. Okay. I'm going to have to, I probably do have to go with the truffle persets, but I do think that there's a a, a close follow-up, which is, well, escargot is another one. So I have to. I have well, like that's three. What I was
0: gonna, don't steal my, my um, favorite is the escargot because okay. I'm not going to eat escargot.
1: Most places, yeah. Well,
0: I don't think I would ever have Escargo outside of a Disney cruise. I mean...
1: Oh, you've had it before. I I have,
0: but like, I think, I mean... If I can count on on two hands the number of times I've had escargot, probably on one hand, I guarantee at least half of them have been on a Disney <laughs> So
1: So the other another one that I really like, it's in Enchanted Garden. It's on the Enchanted Garden menu. And it's the the lobster ravioli. It's another appetizer. I would say that is one of my one of my favorite dishes as well. And then the other one that I really like, that's a main, is there's this really yummy like crusted pork chop on top of, I think, risotto. And I, I don't remember which restaurant this is at, actually. It might be actually an animator's Palette. But yeah, there's this pork chop dish that I that I really enjoy as well. So it's so hard to pick one. But I, I probably do have to go with the truffle per sets as the number one.
0: Yeah. And for me, it's for me, it's definitely the escargot just what because the main dish, though. Uh, I don't know that I really have a favorite main dish. To be perfectly honest, I mean they had that beef Wellington dish that I thought was pretty good. I will just say that like most of the main dishes I've had in main dining haven't been like super memorable.
1: I think you didn't you like the I feel like you liked that sea bass a lot. That's a good yeah, dish. I mean,
0: they're, they're, like I'll put it this way: I haven't had a bad dish in main dining. Well, I mean I, I've had dishes that have been less than great. Most stuff is good. But not wowed
1: by a particular
0: nothing that I'm like oh god I got to remember that and get it every time truffle pricets yes escargot yes right I actually think that they can be pretty innovative in their appetizer offering because there's like four or five different you offerings. like the tuna
1: tartare too and- it's
0: yeah that's okay the tuna tower or whatever yeah. it is but yeah I mean so I think it's interesting because I think on the main dining side it's always like a chicken a beef a fish and a vegetarian option and so you can't like I just don't feel like you can get very inventive there because you got to keep the palate kind of flat across all those dishes because you don't know someone's going to choose the fish. Or the steak or the chicken that given night whereas on the appetizer side they have so many different options they can kind of like get kind of creative and that's when I like like and I think we've had truffle presets as our main course. Yeah, we have. um before because we like them so much. So, I don't know that I have a favorite main dish in main dining. I've certainly had some good dishes, some things that have been enjoyable, but I don't have anything that's like a favorite favorite of mine in main dining. But, let's ask the like last question here on main dining, favorite dessert. Favorite dessert out of main dining?
1: On this one, I have to go with again with Enchanted Garden, which is the the warm, sticky date pudding. And it is it's not a pudding. It's like a little it's like a date flavored cake. And it's uh, on top of a little like crunchy phyllo dough with some vanilla ice cream and some, I think, butterscotch or caramel sauce, something like that. It is just so good. It's I mean, it's even when I'm not in Enchanted Garden, it's on, It's in that the rotational, the regular rotating menu. And so on those first three nights of the cruise, you know, you're typically in, you go to each of the restaurants and they have the same menu, you know, on day one in Royal Court as they do on day three in Royal Court. And so if I'm eating at Animator's Palette or Royal Court, I can actually ask for that dessert from Enchanted Garden. So that's the one that I ask for the most, even when it's sort of off me menu and I I absolutely love it. What about you, Bri?
0: Yeah, that's a tough one for me. I think Well, I mean, my favorite dessert out of main dining is probably the beignets from Tiana's place, Mm -hmm. but in just sort of the more traditional kind of dessert category, I think that the Sundays are amazing. We had, Mm -hmm. we had a friend we took our first cruise with and he always ordered whatever the seasonal Sunday was. I can't say that I'm that person. There are definitely some Sundays where I'm like, eh, it doesn't look very uh, good, but the Sundays are generally really, really good. I was surprised you didn't say Mickey bar.
1: Hey, I love a good Mickey bar, but a Mickey bar I can get, you know, at the parks and I can get even at home the, you know, the, the one that the version that you can buy at the grocery store so which is a slightly smaller version but it you know it tastes the same so I like a Mickey bar but that sticky date pudding cake thing I just can't get any place else and it is it's better than a Mickey bar.
0: Before we get into adult dining bars.
1: Well what about grill food?
0: Ah, uh, really? Are we going to go with what's our favorite grill? Well, item? I don't
1: know, or or sort of a grab and go kind of item. Grab and favorite go favorite grab
0: and go. Sure. What's your favorite grab and go item? And if you don't say chicken strips and French fries, then I know you're lying. <laughs>
1: Okay, so I, I I like the chicken strips, but I I I like a good grab and go cheeseburger and French fries, and I like the to uh, so the shawarma on the um, classic sh- ships on the deck is really quite good, and I also like and and I'm a you know born and bred New Yorker, and so this might sound kind of shameful because it's not New York pizza, but I actually really kind of like the pizza. Don't tell anyone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the pizza is good for cruise line. Yes. People. Yes.
1: Cruise line pizza. What about you?
0: Oh, favorite grab and go. I don't know. I don't think I have chicken strips off of cabanas. Like, I mean, that's, I mean, if I'm getting grab and go food, it's going to be chicken strips, French fries, and a little bit of a salad out of cabanas. I would say my favorite, like possibly my favorite grab and go food is actually in the mornings at breakfast. They have overnight oats Mm -hmm. with, um, dried fruit at like a station. And I love to put together some overnight oats and some dried pineapple. as like a breakfast. It's great, but. Yeah. I mean, otherwise I could skip lunch most days.
1: Yeah. Um, but you like the hash browns, in the morning hash browns well, who at doesn't? I mean, it's like,
0: it's like the, it's like McDonald's hash browns on a cruise ship. And oh, by the way, it's free. Take as many as you want. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't know that like, it sounds bad. It sounds like I'm hating on the food. It's not, it's all good. It's all, it's like, I enjoy the food. I just don't know that I have a standout item from a grab and go standpoint. Bars. What, uh, what's your favorite bar on uh. board?
1: this is hard this is a really hard question I'm gonna say it's kind of tied well no it's not really tied I'm gonna have to go with Meridian I really like the Paris 75 drink at Skyline bar but I really like the atmosphere and everything about Meridian and so and Meridian you know I'll usually get like a glass of like bubbly there, even though I know it's not, there's a champagne bar, but I don't love the atmosphere of the, of Ulala and pink as much as I like Meridian. Meridian to me, it feels like a bar in like an old steakhouse. Um, and I don't know, I just really like it. It's, you know, right b- between Apollo and Remy on the dream class ships. And yeah, it's just a really nice atmosphere and it tends to not be very crowded. It tends to be a lot of people who are, you know, just grabbing a drink or waiting for their table to be ready paulo or remy and um you, so you can always find a, a you know a place to, to sit up but I, I like to sit up at the bar yeah and chat with the bartenders just fun atmosphere what about you
0: so i like different bars for different reasons mm-hmm. so there's like a bar in the lobby i think it's actually great just to grab oh, a quick drink bon before voyage. dinner bon, bon voyage i think that's a great place to grab a drink and people watch before dinner probably not my favorite i like the tube for the decorations but it's really only good for the shows i don't know that i would go in there and have a drink because it's just It's just way too
1: dark. It's dark and cavernous kind of.
0: I love Pink and Ooh La La. Those are fun, but we don't really spend a lot of time there, which is kind of a bummer. Carousel bar, eh. So for me, it probably comes down to Meridian or Skyline. And I would say my favorite is actually Skyline. I like the drinks at Skyline. I like the loungy kind of atmosphere at Skyline. And I think that those screen effects that they have at Skyline are really, really cool. So... I'm hoping they have something similar on board the new ship when it comes out. The only thing I wish is that's like if I could get a skyline feel with a Meridian view, (laughs) because I do like at Meridian, I will say the one thing I like is they have like the gin cart and like they can come over and make you these really fabulous, you know, gin and tonics and that kind of stuff. And the, the, the caliber of cocktail coming out of Meridian is high end because you're up there by the adults only restaurants so I'd say Skyline and Meridian are my two favorites I think Skyline probably edges it out just based on that kind of loungy relaxed mm-hmm. atmosphere
1: well I feel like Skyline has the more has a more modern aesthetic and Meridian has a more old world like kind of aesthetic and so that's kind of why I fall the way I like Meridian better even though I I agree those are my it's funny those are my two favorites as well
0: I mean my favorite spot is probably Cove Cafe.
1: And we've had drinks at Cove Cafe. Yeah, it's too. all right.
0: It doesn't feel like, it feels like. It, it feels, feels like, like a
1: coffee shop, well, not It a feels bar. like what yeah. Starbucks
0: tried to do here in Seattle, which for those of you don't know, don't know, like because Starbucks is based here, we're also kind of a hotbed of testing for them. So they did things here like stealth Starbucks or secret Starbucks where they'd open up a coffee shop and wouldn't tell you it was a Starbucks and name it something else and, you know, make it totally look different than a Starbucks. And you'd go in and be like, oh, this is a fabulous neighborhood Starbucks. And then one day they'd start taking the Starbucks card, which was the dead giveaway. <laughs> um, and then it would turn into, you know, they called they had one here called Roy Street Coffee and it would be Roy Street crof- Coffee brought to you by Starbucks.
1: But you could get like drink- sit in the evening.
0: Well, yeah, they had a few st- actually Starbucks locations here that the what do they call the high end ones? It was like Starbucks uh, uh,
1: Reserve. Or- Starbucks
0: Reserves. Yeah, yeah. Where they were serving like charcuterie and wine and beer, like bottled wine and beer in the evening. So you could you could go to the Starbucks and get a glass of wine and, you know, some Marcona almonds and sit down at a table and, you know, have kind of a little happy hour experience at Starbucks. But to Sam's point, that's what Cove Cafe felt like. It felt like I'm at Starbucks, but I'm drinking. And that's really weird for me. And in fact, they have these like, I remember the cocktails they had were kind of
1: well, you could get like coffee a coffee
0: inspired well, cocktail. A lot of people so. like
1: like an espresso martini. So that's like, listen, if yeah. you're at a coffee shop, that's a bar, right? Like espresso. Oh, to their strength right. for sure. You like want yeah. espresso martini is the perfect, is the perfect, you know, marriage of but those I things. I like
0: Cove Cafe for like the coffee shop atmosphere. Like it's actually my one gripe about Cove Cafe is I wish they would make it more coffee shop. Not like, I feel like they've pivoted to that place where it's like just over the line of being a bar that serves coffee. Like they could remove all the coffee and turn it into a bar and you wouldn't really know the difference. Mm -hmm. I'd rather they go the other direction, which is this is a coffee shop. Like this is clearly a coffee shop. So that's that that's probably my favorite spot on on board from a food standpoint or food and beverage standpoint. All right. Well it's all dining. It's all dining. I wasn't going to do sort of like best to worst. I was just going to sort of maybe roll through with some tips for folks, I think. Okay. Because I think, yeah, I think I think we've nailed it on the show that we're aligned on Palo brunch is number one. Remy dinner is number two. Palo dinner is probably number three. And Remy, Remy brunch, brunch is number four. four. So yeah, I thought maybe we could give kind of a couple of tips. So,
1: oh yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. start with maybe
0: Palo brunch.
1: So, tip number one: order order lunch stuff. Don't don't waste your. You know, the you can get great breakfast food at Cabanas or at one of the sit down dining rooms. I I love a good breakfast. I love a good you know waffle or or um, uh, eggs or something. But I don't know. It's just to me, it seems kind of like a waste if you well, order that. You are and-
0: missing out on. Flatbread pizzas that are amazing with really fresh ingredients. Tomato soup that is oh so good. astoundingly good. Just, and it's really, I mean, the soup is made with like probably just pureed high quality tomatoes yeah. and some like other minor ingredients playing a yeah. role. I
1: mean, handmade pastas. They make all their own pastas in well, house, but, but the at, lasagnas.
0: Yeah. But at brunch, what do you get? Lasagna. No, be- lasagna is probably the best lasagna I have ever had. Um, or close to it, if, if outside of probably Italy, although I've even heard from a few people who've had lasagna in Italy that they like the one at Palo.
1: Well, I think the the amazing thing about Palo's lasagna is it's actually more of a, a it's actually more of a meld of Italian and French food because the sauce is it's bechamel. It's a bechamel sauce. It's bechamel. yeah.
0: Chicken parm, which is, you know, like, let's be clear. I don't think that's really an Italian dish. I think that's a New York <laughs> Italian dish, but fine. I mean, they probably have chicken parm in Italy. I don't know, but... It's a
1: breaded chicken parm, which is, but, yeah.
0: Yeah, but that's really excellent. But like... On top of risotto. Eggs Benedict. I mean, come on. You can go someplace at home and get Eggs Benedict, and it's going to be just as good, if not better than what they're serving on Disney cruise line. So yeah, I agree. Don't go for the breakfast foods at Palo tip, the big tip, you can order whatever you want and as much of it and still go to the buffet. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So pace yourself and you know, that buffet has a lot of great stuff on it. A lot of great stuff. I, I have beaten the flogged the horse of the sticky buns. I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk about them today, but they've got some really great fresh seafood, some really great cheeses, some really great desserts on that buffet. So Definitely pace yourself. So yeah, I think the big tip for Palo is definitely do it. If you're on a cruise that has Palo brunch, which they all should on sea days, definitely that's the place to to go. It's probably the most popular meal on board. It's the most accessible, least adventurous, I would say, mm-hmm. kind of meal. Oh, well, the
1: Palo dinner, it, you can hollow dinner is not like super adventurous either. And so, you know, if you're not a real adventurous eater, but you like good Italian food, then you you could probably do fine with hollow dinner. The only thing I might say about hollow dinner is, you know, if you've got some, well, with all of these is, you know, they can accommodate dietary restrictions like gluten free and things like that. But I'm not sure that the food's going to be as good as if you are able to eat it. I'm not sure if that upcharge is going to be worth it if you're not able to I, I will also really say that experience it.
0: Palo brunch is the most accessible in terms of cost. I actually think the I think the dinner and the brunch are comparable in terms of cost, but brunch is probably less expensive. I, I just it was can't the remember. same. Might be the same, yeah. But Palo is going to be most ex- accessible in terms of cost, um, and I think it's well worth. The price investment right now, well
1: and it's accessible in terms of somebody without a maybe adventurous palate
0: now if you're looking for a nice dinner i think palo dinner is great and this is the tip i will give the one tip i will give about palo dinner one the menus are different they don't have a ton of crossover i'm not even sure if they have any crossovers between the brunch menu and offering and the dinner so you're not going to find lasagna you're not going to find chicken parm they have some different pasta dishes some meat dishes if you order enough pasta apparently they serve it as a pasta course which we learned on our last uh our last cruise which you know. The waiter seemed to think think we were inconveniencing, using inconveniencing us. We're like, no, we're good. We're going to be here for a while. Um,
1: We were happy to have a uh, an extra course as far as timing wise.
0: So my one tip for. Palo dinner. It's a nice dinner. It's an accessible dinner. It's a good dinner. It's it's the food is gonna be higher quality than what you're getting in main dining. But my biggest tip for Palo dinner is if you're on a cruise that has a pirate night sailing, skip the pirate night menu, go to Palo, book your dinner to sort of butt up against the fireworks show that will happen at the pirate deck party. Then head to the, especially on the dream class ships, head to the balcony off of Meridian near Palo and watch the fireworks off the back of the ship. It's a really nice experience. It's less crowded then the uh, the deck party and you can have a nice meal that I think the menu is better than Pirate mm-hmm. Night. So that's my- Ooh,
1: g- and get a souffle.
0: Oh yeah, make sure you order the Palo souffles are worth are worth the wait. So definitely make sure you get a, a a souffle if you're having dessert at Palo.
1: Yeah, and they'll ask you at the beginning of your meal if you want to order the souffle because it takes time for them to cook. And so there's two usually two different ones. One's a chocolate and one's like an amaretto or something. And they're both they're both excellent. So if you're a souffle person, for sure go for that.
0: Remy, my big tip for Remy is the following. So if you're not an adventurous eater. Don't don't do Remy. Don't go. You gotta be the type of person who really enjoys Michelin-starred restaurants, high-end dining. That's what Remy is. And the cost is reflective of that. And I think some people like choke on the cost of Remy these days. And it's fair because Remy is not Remy is not necessarily a value. What what Remy is, is having that kind of dining experience at sea. Now I will say, I think. For a comparative dining experience on land, you will pay more than what you're paying to go to Remy. It is possible to spend as much or more at Remy when you start to add in like wine and add-ons and all that sort of stuff, but... I do think Remy is a value if what you're comparing it to is going to places in the States like the French Laundry or 11 Madison Park, or if you're overseas going to something like Dinner by Heston Blumenthal in London, right? Or like, even
1: Victorian Alberts at, Victorian uh, Alberts uh, at uh, the Grand Floridian.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think Victorian Alberts is the comparison because the chefs are the same. I think the experience at Remy on board Disney Cruise Line exceeds that of Victoria and Alberts. And we have dined at Remy multiple times in Victorian Alberts once. We've also done at many, many fine dining establishments in the United States. And I would say Remy is comparative to like the French Laundry or 11 Madison Park. It is not aptly compared to just a nice dining experience. This is a high-end experience where the atmosphere, the service, and the food are all culminating together. The service at Remy is impeccable, unparalleled. And you have to remember the dining staff at the main restaurants can get promoted up into working at Palo. Um, And I say promoted because the tips are probably better on the larger checks at Palo that they're seeing every night. But the service, the servers at Palo have served in main dining they will serve at the buffet they will serve on castaway key Servers at Remy have one job and one job only, and that's working at Remy.
1: And they only get they, they get interviewed and hired uh, to work at Remy. So these are people who have gotten an education typically somewhere in Europe. Like they have they have learned fine dining service through some kind of like certification and things. And they've worked at some of these fine dining restaurants in Europe. And so you are this is different than what us Americans are used to unless you have gone to some of the you know top restaurants in New York City or San Francisco. Or Chicago. There's only a but handful think, of American restaurants that have that level of service.
0: I think the criticism I've heard of Remy most often from people is, you know, who, who've come back and said they didn't like it. I think it really falls into two buckets. Either they weren't experienced with fine dining or they weren't adventurous eaters to begin with. And if, you, so I just say like upfront, if, if that cost looks high to you, it may not be the right thing because you have to really walk into the mindset of understanding the service level, the atmosphere and the food here are comparable to restaurants in the U S where you would have to spend that much to begin with to sort of get in the door. And then
1: I think a lot more typically. Oh well, yeah. yeah. So for
0: sure. And yeah. then, and then I think that the, you know, you gotta be willing to, to, play around a little bit with molecular gastronomy food, where you're talking portions that are meant to be a few bites with foams and sauces and things that are all meant to work together. And, and
1: you will still be full. This is yeah. one thing people oh, don't you realize. You will be more than full. Yeah, this yeah. is the one thing that people don't realize because they see a portion, they see the plate and the portion looks really small. The The way that this sort of fine dining works is, yeah, each course is small, but one, there the food is very, very rich typically. And two, you are you're talking about multiple courses. Right. So you might at Palo, you might have three or four courses at Remy. You're talking like six or seven or even maybe eight. courses.
0: Well, and some of them won't even be listed on the menu right. necessarily, like the cheese cart that comes around at the end.
1: Right. The amuse-bouche um, to bouche start. The
0: to start, the free cocktail you're going to get. I guess <laughs> the hidden tip of Remy that we learned last time is you can actually order an additional cocktail and they aren't going to charge you for it. The other tip I would give is if you're going to get a wine pairing, I recommend getting a wine pairing and sharing it. Mm-hmm. That can be a little hard if you're working across menus. I can't remember if they allowed us to do a half pour wine pairing. I don't, don't think, think they so. did. I think they let us share. But like there's two different menus at Remy. for those of you who haven't experienced it. There's an American side menu and a French side menu. And typically what you're doing is saying, I'm going to go with the French chef today or I'm going to go with the American chef today. Um, and You then
1: can mix and match.
0: You, you can. It's. I think it's. It's discouraged to some extent. And the way that they usually have you do it is to say, like, well, why don't you order one and your partner order the other? And, and then you, you can taste, tr- each taste dishes across. Um, but if you do a wine pairing in that event, like they have wines keyed to the American menu, wines keyed to the French menu. And they're not the same because the the, the taste profiles of the, the flavor profiles of the dishes are going to be different. So that said, you can order one of the wine pairings and share it.
1: Or you can order wines by the glass.
0: Can order wines by the glass. You can also ask the sommelier to. You can also ask the sommelier to do some pairings with your dinner, but like curb it back. So we've done that before, where we said like, look, we really want to only have like three glasses of wine. At dinner, so you know, give us a white with the starters, a red with the mains, and some kind of dessert like a champagne or a dessert wine with the you know, the last course, the cheese courses, those sorts of things. If you do the wine herring, just be prepared, it is a lot of wine. I, I, <laughs> it's too much, it's too much wine, and I think it's it, like I've never been more hungover in my life than after eating at well, that's probably not true, but but eating at Remy is it's it is a lot a lot of wine to do the wine pairings. And I think that can be, that just be a lot. Um, sharing the pairings also is a way to keep the cost down on the meal. I don't think there's gonna be, there are some upcharges on the menu. So they'll always have a dish that's like Wagyu beef, and then you can add like a misiaki beef pairing, which is the Japanese cousin of of waigu beef, I think it is. Or I don't know if the cows it's are like a higher- more deeply massaged than the, yeah. <laughs> the waigu beef. They're, they must be fed the waigu beef cows yeah. for Yeah, sometimes for
1: they have like a caviar add-on. They
0: always have a caviar add-on. I So I would say I did not find the caviar add-on to be... All that worthwhile. It's not a traditional caviar service. It's more like a chef-inspired caviar sort of service. So it's a little bit different than what if you've had caviar before, you may have experienced. It was it was worth trying, but I don't think I'd get it again. I think the wagyu beef add-on absolutely could be worthwhile. It, it was
1: really good. It's super super buttery. So if it, if you don't really like a buttery meat, it might not be for you. But it was really good, and it's sort of really nice to compare the miziyaki over the this the wagyu, which is I mean, both really excellent meat but if you're a steak person if you're not a steak person I wouldn't do it
0: and then I'd say there's usually a truffle add on too at some yeah, point yeah
1: they don't always it's a seasonal one right yeah. so when truffles are in season they they typically have some kind of truffle add on where they uh, it's not every dish, but there were several dishes where they add some kind of truffle component to your dish.
0: Yeah. A truffle add-ons are usually worth it, but it's it's a, it's a one, a long dining experience, but is in a beautiful setting with impeccable service. I think it's well worth the cost, but if you're not adventurous or that cost is looking like a little too much for you, I would say that is a, that is a warning light that I would say, you know, heed that warning for yourself. Um, the
1: other thing with the dinner is also just the the timing, right? So if you've got a younger kid who w- won't stay at the kids club for a long period period of time, it, it's another thing that might be difficult to do.
0: Remy brunch is kind of the unique, <laughs> like, I think it's a unique offering on board in the sense that it's, it's, it is a menued brunch, much like Remy dinner. It's like, here's six courses of of food. It's going to be very adventurous for breakfast food, like extremely adventurous for breakfast food. You, you're going to get stuff that you would not associate with breakfast, but it's very delicious. I remember an asparagus dish that we had there that was just divine. But I don't know that you would think about having like asparagus as a course for breakfast um, or brunch. I think where the brunch really shines, to be perfectly honest, is the pairing of the champagne with the brunch. If you're not a champagne fan, I don't know that you're going to get a lot out of brunch and I'd advocate that you, you know, consider dinner instead. Now brunch is a much cheaper way to experience Remy. So if you're trying to experience Remy uh, and you don't want to pay the price for dinner, brunch is a fantastic way to do it. I think the food is just as good at brunch as it is at dinner. It's just different offerings. And I think those champagne pairings together with the food really shine. It's a a really lovely brunch experience with some great views on the ocean from the from the restaurant. So I think it's a great way to try Remy and the service and get a sense of what the food is like. And perhaps, you know, maybe just a slightly less adventurous way than dinner. And those champagne pairings, I think, are fabulous.
1: One other tip I would add, though, is, uh, again, the champagne pairings, it's a lot of it's a lot to drink. And so another good tip is to share that champagne pairing. And and because there is not a variety in choosing a menu for the brunch, it's not you're not choosing an American side versus French side. It's a a single menu, I believe. Sharing that champagne pairing is it, it makes sense in that in that circumstance as well.
0: The last tip I'm going to give across the adult dining space is just don't try to do it all um, <laughs> yes, unless, good you're on a, tip. unless you're on a longer cruise. And by that, I mean something more than seven nights. We did all four adult dining experiences on a seven night cruise, and it's just, it's just too, too much. much it's too much. And to, to space, like you don't want to have Remy dinner followed by Palo brunch or Palo dinner followed by Remy brunch. And so to really get it spaced out, you got to get everything aligned perfectly.
1: Got to be like on a two week close. You can do
0: it. You can do it on a seven night, but it's just too much. Like you can do it. You can do it spaced out. You can do it in the right way, but it just is way too much food, eating and drinking in my mind. And they only do
1: the brunches on the sea days. Yeah.
0: Well, and you it means you're taking up two dinners, which means you probably are missing. You could be missing a rotational restaurant could be missing an animators palette night. So like, I think on a seven night cruise doing all four is a lot. It can be done. We have done it. Certainly enjoyed it but I'm not going to do it again. We had our 11 night cruise. Absolutely. We did all four experiences, I believe. Yeah, we did on the 11 night. and we did all four experiences and it was fine. Still a lot. It was still a lot.
1: Honestly, I think the best way to do it would be spread over like a 14 day. So like a, you know, like a two week, like a Panama Canal cruise or, or, or transatlantic or, you know, something that's got more sea days um, and that's longer. I think that would be maybe the best way to hit all four. I would
0: say the least amount of food is Palo dinner. Like Palo brunch is like yeah. tons of food thrown well, at you. because of
1: that buffet, yeah, yeah. but
0: Palo dinner, you actually have the ability to kind of control the amount yeah. of food that's coming in. I feel like, Remy, you don't, because it's just coming at you. And one tip for those of you who haven't experienced fine dining, if you don't like eat the majority of what's on your plate, they, <laughs> they bring it to you. sometimes We've experienced chefs who are like, oh, you must not have liked that. Let me send you something else. And then you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't do double duty on the dishes here. So, <laughs> so anyway, I think... Palo dinner and Palo brunch or Palo dinner and Remy dinner. Like you can balance those pretty well. I think it's when you're talking about the two breakfast experiences and the Remy dinner where you're just, you're not really in control of the amount of food that's coming at you. And in any of those experiences, it can be a lot. So just, I'd say be careful in the planning there. Well, Sam, as we wrap up any, uh, any other tips or tricks on the dining front, we haven't talked about room service. I know that there's some, some favorites out there from, from, you know, prolific cruisers, like, you know, you want to have your hot coffee in the morning, you can order coffee the night before from room service and leave it in the insulated uh, insulated carafe and it'll be still fairly piping hot for you in the morning to have your morning cup of coffee, the warm chocolate chip cookie, the...
1: Yeah, there's some other yeah. good... Yeah, well, of course, you can get Mickey bars through room service. The chicken one,
0: wings are apparently delicious out of room service. Yeah,
1: so one of the things I would say, and I'm, this is not a room service thing, one, one of the tips I would give that's food-related, it's not, I don't know, i call it dining-related, but food-related is popcorn and sodas, right? So sodas you can get for free free up on the deck. And so if you're going to a movie at, uh, in the Buena Vista theater or even in the Walt Disney theater, if you stop by the pool deck and grab yourself a soda ahead of time and bring it with you, you don't have to buy one. And when I say buy one is you, the the um, concession or the waiters at the theaters, you have to pay for that soda versus the ones at the pool deck being free. So if you have a you know your own to-go cup or one of those paper cups that they have on deck, that's a good tip.
0: Good tip. Um, Well, actually, one other tip that I would give is out of Cove Cafe. I think it's it's known, but maybe not as widely known as it could be that in the evening, they actually switch over their kind of so they have a case in there that has, you know, pastries and stuff in it, like a coffee shop would through most of the day and in the evening. And it's free. It's all free. And in the evening, they switch over to a charcuterie plate that you can go in and have them load up a plate with some charcuterie. And it's really nice to get one of those, head upstairs to one of the adult bars, sit out on the ocean, have, you know, glass of wine or a beer on hand and, you know, munch on your charcuterie as you're sort of starting your evening. So that's my one additional tip on dining. So, well, with that, uh, we'll wrap it up here. And uh, yeah, bon appetit, I suppose.
1: Bon appetit. (laughs) Bon appetit.
0: it's always fun to talk Disney Cruise Line and Disney Cruise Line food. It's a favorite topic of ours, so glad we got a chance to discuss it this evening in the bonus episode. I did want to call out two things we forgot to mention. One is, any place we say free, we mean included. Uh, So, you know, you've paid a lot of money to be on the ship, so we call it something that's free. It just means it's been included in your cruise fare. Second thing is, Remy and Paolo do have dress codes, so do check out the website. Be mindful of those dress codes. They are enforced. We have seen people turned away or sent back to their staterooms to dress appropriately uh, for dinner, especially Especially at Remy they have a, a jacket required dress code so just be sure you plan ahead to bring the right uh, attire for dinner at those restaurants or brunch uh, and all of that information is available on the Disney Cruise Line website if you're uh, curious what the dress codes are. With that, thanks again for listening this week. We really appreciate all of our listeners out there. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast you can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us those five star written reviews. They are really helpful in surfacing our podcast to people who might be interested in our content. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo you can also head over to the dclduo channel on youtube for even more great content the dclduo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with disney cruise line the walt disney company or the walt disney family of theme parks the views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the walt disney company or disney cruise line if you have a question about disney cruise or walt disney vacation please contact disney directly or your own travel agent. As always, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.